Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, this is week two of our series of cuppas on the text that you chose for your ordination. And this time it is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, specifically verses 4 through 31. Mm-hmm. It's a long one, but let's start with you reading it again. All right. Starting at verse 4, we get, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as God chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body. But the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, 
Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. Here ends our lesson. Okay. I kind of get where you're going with this, but that is a bold choice. Just hearing it read through. It's long. Yeah. And why? Why did you pick this particular text? So this was the second reading, and it may be that I didn't use all of these verses. It's been 15 years, so I can't remember exactly. Sure. My ordination bulletin is in the office where I am not right now. But I'm pretty sure I may have used the whole thing. I think, again, going back and reflecting upon the sense of how I wanted to begin my ministry Mm -hmm. and what I wanted to root my ministry in as far as my understanding of how to do this work and what mattered in this work. It is so easy for pastors and for those of us who have a base level of charisma, which I know I have, and I treat with great responsibility. It's so easy to become a Lone Ranger. Sure. It's so easy to believe that it all is on us to do everything and to be what keeps a church going. And that is such a heretical concept because in our scripture, we are shown that no one person can do this work alone. This entire concept, this theological concept of the body of Christ is critical to understanding how God calls us into community to do this work of bringing about the kingdom of God. And to believe that we can do it on our own, to act as if we have everything that a community needs within our own self, will shortchange a community, will undercut the kingdom of God coming to fruition. And so I think it, in some ways, it, it was two to one, right? The number of verses that I spent reminding all of us that this mm-hmm. is about our work versus reminding myself that I'm being called to shine, as we talked about in the last podcast. Sure. And I think that that's a good balance. I think it's just so easy to forget that we are all a part of this work. And that just because someone is a pastor doesn't mean that everybody else gets off the hook. It's fascinating listening to you talk about this because I had a slightly different interpretation, mainly because... It was not my ordination. That is not (laughs) the path that I chose. But just hearing it as somebody who's used to sitting in a church, listening to these kinds of things, it seemed like just that reminder of we're all wonderful individuals in our own right and bring our own talents and strengths and weaknesses to the world in general. But to hear you specify how that meant to you in terms of very much going forth in your specific job is fascinating to me. Yeah. And there are dangers to this text now, I think. How so? As we confront ableism, Mm -hmm. again, we talked in our last podcast about the way that the light and dark language has shifted. Mm -hmm. And I'll say that I still need to do more unpacking around how we talk about the lesser of a body and how the body isn't complete without an eye. Well, there are complete bodies without eyes. Mm -hmm. And so how do we still 
encounter this text while giving space for that, letting the metaphor live and breathe while not using it to enforce ableism in any way. But it very much for me was about reminding myself and reminding a community that this work is not something that is done by any one person alone. And I've used this text, I may have used it at every installation that I've had. Yeah. I think I've changed my gospel text, but I think that I have used 1 Corinthians 12 at every installation event that I've had. Just a quick reminder for those who are not necessarily churchy people. Yeah. An installation is when you're actually installed as the pastor of a specific church, correct? Correct. And an ordination is when you have the ceremony, like... The specific ceremony to become a pastor, right? Right. The ordination is the specific ceremony to become a pastor. It's kind of like a wedding day. Mm -hmm. And then installations are celebrations that you're going to be in a certain place serving at a specific time. And so sometimes an ordination and an installation happen at the same time. You can be ordained in a congregation and be installed that day as well. Mm -hmm. But you are only ordained once in your life. You can be installed in different calls multiple times. And so the three times that I've been installed, I think I've used this text every time. Is it a reminder to you that you perhaps shouldn't stay at any particular church for any length of time as more of a risk of developing that cult of personality kind of <laughs> lone rangerness? Yes. Okay. That's part of it. It's also a reminder that no one pastor can solve any congregation's problems. Sure. A lot of times congregations will feel like, oh, well, the new pastor is coming and all the things that have been challenging us for the last 50 years are going to be wiped away because we have a new leader. As if the system of the last 50 years isn't primed to do exactly the same thing with the new leader somehow. Yeah, the personalities at play in the church are still there. They're still there. And the patterns are still there. The patterns are definitely set. Right? So it is that reminder again and again and again for me at the beginning of a call. One, that I'm not going to be the one who can solve all of a congregation's challenges. That I am not the answer to every single problem because I like to overfunction and I, like many lean towards more codependent behaviors than not sometimes. And so it's a huge reminder to me that it takes all of us, that my gifts are important and a part of this community, but that it is all of us to make the kingdom of God come to fruition and to remind me and to remind each other to be looking for those gifts within one another to be watching for the gifts of the Spirit in each other. Because sometimes we even forget to look. Mm -hmm. Do you ever bust this out when you feel like certain people need reminders, <laughs> yourself included? <laughs> I haven't yet. I'm such a lectionary preacher. When it comes up in the lectionary, I'll lean into it. But I'm such a lectionary preacher that I haven't pulled it at any particular time, except for my installations, right? Sure. Those moments when I do get to choose to set the tone, I certainly have. And I'll share that one of the ways that I combined this particular text with the gospel text from last week 
is during the ordination service, there is a moment called the laying on of hands. Mm -hmm. And it's a, a moment where there's an invocation of the Holy Spirit. And it's a big moment. It's the big moment in the ordination. Rostered leaders all come up and they do the laying on of hands. And it was very important to me that it not just be about the rostered leaders, mm -hmm. it not just be about the pastors. And so for my ordination, I did a children's sermon where I explained with the kids this passage where I talked about how today we're celebrating that I am becoming a pastor, that I have a specific call, that I will be doing a specific job, but we are all a part of this work. And we are all called to be about doing this work with God and for God and handed out candles to everyone. And under the chairs, mm -hmm. there were candles for everyone. So during the invocation of the Holy Spirit moment, during that laying on of hands, we passed the light among the congregation so that everyone had that radiance and the flame of the Holy Spirit in their own hands as well. And it was not just the pastors doing something up front without including everyone as a part of that and a recognition of how we were all one body. And I will say that that is perhaps one of the most precious memories from my ordination is just having that be present among all of the people and remembering and knowing it never just lands on me. God is so much bigger than any one of us. And we are so much bigger together as a part of the body of Christ. When did you come across this? Is this something that has been with you for a long time? Or you were looking specifically for that one more text for your ordination? Yeah, that's a great question. And I don't 100% recall. It's not like the gospel mm -hmm. text where I sort of knew the one that I wanted. I think I was looking for something to round it out. When we talk about the Hebrew scripture text and the psalm for the day, if we dig into those in the weeks coming up, those were more personal journey. Mm -hmm. And the gospel text was more personal journey. I really wanted something that was going to hold us all within it. And this particular text it's super memorable to me. That whole theological concept that Paul has of one body, many members, one body, has echoed since I read it in my Pauline class in seminary. Excellent. That's going to lead me to my last question. Are you ready? Yep. When this is going to come up again to be read, whatever, mm -hmm. will you go through newer translations to see if you can find wording that speaks to you more? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I want to continue to wrestle with that. Mm -hmm. I want to keep trying to find ways to have those conversations. I haven't talked with anyone in the disabled community to really find a way to learn more about this yet. It's a definite growing area. And there's a lot of scripture that is challenging within the disabled community for the way that it treats individuals. And so I have a lot to learn. There's sure. plenty to learn. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I look forward to sitting down with you next week on your final passage. Thank you. And I look forward to the conversation as well.
Thank you all for joining us. If you have thoughts or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.